Hey girlfriend and welcome to this week's episode of the Get Confident podcast. We have a special guest, her name is Cara Grant and she's going to be shedding the light on the concept that I love or hate to love people pleasing and how it can hinder our own personal growth and well-being. She dives into the detrimental effects that can come when we prioritize others' thoughts and feelings above our own and how we need to overcome this. She shares amazing tools inside the episode. We talk a lot about self-care, taking time for you to be with you, to learn more about you. And honestly, it is just filled with goodness. You're also going to learn, if you don't know already, how to say no. So let's get straight into it without a further ado. Thanks to this week's guest, Cara Grant, and myself, your host, Janelle Hosking. It is episode 91. I'm Janelle Hosking, and you beautiful are here to get confident. No more self-doubt, no more overthinking, no more what ifs. I'm helping you grow your confidence so you can live a fulfilled life. Welcome to the show. Kara, super excited to have you on the show today. I always get started with a this or that, where you just have to choose your most preferred option out of the two. Are you ready for it? Let's go. Okay. Uh, skydiving or scuba diving? Scuba diving. Have you done it before? No, but I just, I love the idea of going scuba diving. Love the idea of it. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Uh, sunrise yoga or sunset meditation? sunrise yoga mm, mm-hmm. that would be me too I think yeah definitely fiction or non-fiction and I'm gonna go to do with books here oh that's such a good question I think fiction I would go right now with fiction mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I've asked a few people that question and I feel it's always an answer based on where they're at right now in life, you know, and it kind of ebbs and flows between fiction and nonfiction. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's, that's the kind of question that really does reflect where you're at in life Mm -hmm. and how you're feeling and whether you need to be escaping into fiction or you're ready to kind of like face what you're going to read when you when you dive into nonfiction? yeah absolutely one more ocean or mountains oceans mm, where's, where's the closest ocean to you so it's it's not near we I'm in Manchester in the UK and it's right in the middle of the north of England okay but I grew up in Scotland so I grew up <gasps> Yeah, I grew up near the sea and I, you know, I was really lucky that where I grew up was a a beautiful place, um, a beautiful place to go and visit now. I I don't think I appreciated it when I was Mm -hmm. young. I just wanted to, I wanted to get into a city, but I absolutely feel a draw towards the ocean now for sure. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. That is wonderful. How far away would you say you are now from your closest beach or like from your go-to beach? I would say, so it's about an hour's drive from yeah. here mm-hmm. to some of the beaches. There's some beautiful beaches in Formby, which is probably, I, I reckon that's just over an hour away. And then you've got Blackpool, which is quite notorious. Mm-hmm. Um I don't necessarily think it's got 
it's not necessarily the kind of beach that I would want to go to and but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of people who who enjoy going to Blackpool it's got a it's got a lot of sort of fun fair it's like a big attraction area got it but if you want to kind of get away to a really nice beach I think Foreign Bay from here though you know you're also we're not far that far to Wales and Wales has got some spectacular beaches it's really really beautiful coastline around Wales yeah um so I think that there's so many parts of the UK that have beautiful coastline and beautiful ocean and um, I just I just for some reason I'm not near any of it at the moment mm-hmm. and and that's okay you know I I to be honest am about an hour's drive away from the nearest well you know from the nearest beach that I'm interested in okay definitely about an hour as well so yeah um, yeah crazy in terms of the UK versus New Zealand still an hour away <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, I'm really happy to have you on the show with us today. When you and I first connected, I just knew that your expertise was something that is so needed in this space. And so I'm really grateful to have you on the podcast today. We are talking all about people pleasing. You know so much about people pleasing. You even wrote a blooming book on it. <laughs> <laughs> Ditch the people pleaser, a radical guide to not being nice. You have no idea how satisfying that is to say that out loud. Like this is so needed. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's 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 such a process writing a book, and mm. you know it's never done when you've written it. You've 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 always got more that you want to write and research. And um, but you know to be able to say right now, I wrote a book in lockdown. I think, you know, I think that's something that I I do hold on to that as something Mm. that I'm really proud of. Can you tell us right from the beginning, like what is a people pleaser? Mm. You know, that is, that is such a good question. So I think people, people often really relate to being a people pleaser. And I think it's something that we are becoming increasingly aware of now in our culture which is fantastic but I mean a people pleaser is somebody who consistently puts the needs of others before their own needs to the detriment of their own well-being so there is a there is quite a few distinctions to make around it and one is that you know, people, a lot of, a lot of us now, we have mm. caring responsibilities, yeah. whether that's as a parent or, uh, you know, for, for our, for our parents mm-hmm. or for somebody, it might be part of our work mm-hmm. and prioritizing those other people's needs. That's not people pleasing. Okay. It's when you are consistently feeling like your own needs don't matter and that everybody else needs to be everybody else needs to be sort of looked after before mm. you look after yourself do you think part of it is that when people get into this place of being people pleasers they end up finding their worth or their value in what they do for others and so what you just said there about like oh then everybody else's needs are more important than their own. 
well, yes, they can do that. And they know that when they do all those things for other people, they're going to get a little bit of kudos, a little bit of praise, which is going to make them feel good, which makes it all worth it. And so the cycle begins because you crave it and you just want and need more of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in my book, I, I researched into, you know, why do we people please, you know, what, mm. what are the reasons for it? And a huge part of it is how our brains are, are how our brains work and mm-hmm. also how we are raised and the need that we have for being attached to other people. So if you look mm-hmm. into attachment theory, there's a lot mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. Um, that can that can show the pathway towards whether you end up having healthy non-codependent relationships or whether you do fall into having a pattern of of codependent relationships and people pleasing so absolutely there is a there is a a hit that you get when Mm. you um when you do look after other people there is that sense of like oh and if you are getting approval especially mm-hmm. if that's the approval you didn't get when you were younger it becomes it becomes a consistent cycle of constantly looking for that approval to validate your worth mm, okay how did this come about for you like what's your story as to how you realized obviously you know I was you you would have had to have realized you're a people pleaser yourself in order to, you know, realize what the heck I need to do something about this. And I love it now so much after learning all this stuff that I want to share with everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I think I, 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 there were probably a lot of, a lot of clues that I could have picked up on, but Mm. the big one for me was coming to a point in my life where I had to make a major life decision Mm-hmm. and I and I just kept deferring to everyone else's ideas and I kept mm-hmm. deferring to I couldn't every time I tried to make that decision I kept conditioning it with what will so-and-so think what will so-and-so think and I'd done a, a boatload of personal development by this point yeah. and I and I was just like hold on a second surely with everything I've learned I should why am I in this position where I Mm -hmm. I literally I'm not making a decision because I am so concerned about everybody else's opinions and what actually what about how I feel about myself in this situation and what I feel is important for me moving forward and that was that was the biggest that was a really big turning point for many different reasons but it absolutely identified to me oh my god this is like consistent for me this looking for other people's Mm -hmm. approval basing my worth on what they think and not making the right decisions for me because I'm worried how it's going to make me look or Mm -hmm. how it's going to impact how somebody else kind of how somebody else's life goes so that was it and absolutely that was the point where I went oh okay and then it, it as it always happens I started to have conversations on social and with clients mm-hmm. and in groups mm-hmm. I was running. And it was like, this is such a, an issue for mm-hmm. so many, for so many folks right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's something that is uh, I guess more affects women or is it a mix of both? Like, do you think that has anything to do with it at all? 
Oh, that is such a great question. So <laughs> I, I, I wrote the book from the perspective of, of, of myself, of being mm-hmm. um, a white, cis, you know, mm-hmm. able-bodied uh, mm-hmm. woman. And so therefore a lot of the, a lot of what I talk about in the book is based on my experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when I started to do some uh, research into, you know, our conditioning and culture and and how that feeds into people pleasing I absolutely I absolutely noticed that something it is something that seems to impact um women people who identify as women Mm. um and also there's and also other marginalized um communities and I think Mm -hmm. I think there's many reasons for that personally I feel that this is is my opinion uh Mm. white men do not mm-hmm. have this conditioning um, in the way that in the way that I see other groups in society okay. having this. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what do you think is the main like problems or effects that come from being a people people pleaser like imagine yourself the life that you were living before when you Mm. were deep in people pleaser mode if you hadn't have had some form of wake up some form of realization and new self-awareness of being a people pleaser how would your life have have looked so I feel like my life when I was people pleasing was like being in a very confined space mm-hmm. where you could look out and catch glimpses of something bigger outside. Mm-hmm. But deep in people pleasing, it feels incredibly confined and stifling. Mm-hmm. I think resentment frustration envy Mm. feeling really put upon I think those are those are the kind of feelings that you experience when you Mm -hmm. are when you're really entrenched in people pleasing I mean and there's Mm -hmm. lots of there's lots of I think you have very I think your relationships are really unfulfilling when you're people pleasing Mm -hmm. okay why so I think while you are putting the emphasis and the onus on how the other person, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're going to say, Mm. well, I think that takes, if that's taking priority to you over what's really important to you and your values, I think you're always going to feel unsatisfied, unfulfilled, um, put upon in in Mm -hmm. that relationship and Mm -hmm. I think that it's very hard for true connection yeah to happen in that space because some people when they're people please are almost second guessing the other person in the relationship like what are they gonna think what are they gonna Mm -hmm. feel Mm -hmm. what what will it mean if I do this or if I say that Mm -hmm. and I mean there is a it's exhausting. It's exhausting, exactly. <laughs> and so that is, it, it drains you. It's going to drain your energy. It's going to drain mm. your, um, 
your enthusiasm it's going to drain everything and it 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 also it's not that when you don't people please you aren't aware of other people's emotions and you're not aware of you know the importance to be able to compromise and listen to the other person and and um find mutual you know like a mutual agreement Mm -hmm. with with, with Mm -hmm. other folks but what it is is like if you are constantly like walking on eggshells or you know it's like you're you're shrinking inside yourself and you're you're not really you're not really ever gonna feel that true connection with yourself or with other people Mm. so okay you've just mentioned the walking on eggshells you've also mentioned before about um being younger your upbringing around um you know parents and say relationships with them do can you share some examples of some instances or scenarios of things that um themes that can happen in our younger years that then cause us to become people pleasers I mean as you're talking I'm really with what you shared I'm having like little light bulb moments of things that have happened in my life and I'm like yeah totally (laughs) but I'm also you know aware that not everybody's done as much personal development work as what I have so if we can share some examples I feel that'll make some light bulbs go off and some uh, lovely ladies listening to heads and be like okay maybe I'm a people pleaser (laughs) yeah absolutely I mean you know it's really hard it's hard to look back on our childhood for me to look back on my childhood anyway mm. and not and not see like a million reasons now why I people wow. please for sure mm-hmm. I mean so okay so almost like I think I just need to park to one side I'm just gonna park to one side neuro neurodivergency and, mm-hmm. and if we have a chance to pick back up on True, that we, yes. we will do we will yeah, do yeah, yeah. Um, we've also got trauma so trauma trauma obviously deeply impacts our nervous system mm-hmm. so whenever we are in that place where our nervous system is in fight or flight it's mm-hmm. also got the potential and the possibility of being in fawn fawn where you fawn to somebody else so fight flight fright I can't remember, all of them you know yeah, fawn, yeah. fawn is there as as interesting a way that our nervous system can try to it's it's a way that we we taught ourselves to regulate because we didn't Mm -hmm. know how we didn't know what we know now about how to emotionally regulate Mm -hmm. our our parents our caregivers quite possibly didn't know how to help us emotionally regulate so let's looking at trauma when a traumatic event has occurred and you haven't had the support at the, the time of that event to be or post event to be able to uh to find your way through it mm-hmm. that trauma lives on in us right and then mm-hmm. every time we're faced with something where our nervous system is dysregulated again we might go into that place of fawning of deferring to somebody else of wanting that person to tell us we're going to be okay right and mm-hmm. that person's not got the tools to be able to do that 
Mm-hmm. or it's not you know there so there that's a huge part of it and that's something that I definitely want to see a lot more research and something I want to research more into as well then we've got the actual uh we've got things like ACAE so ACE so adverse childhood experiences and there mm-hmm. is a lot of research out about ACEs that show that when we've had a high a high amount of ACA of ACEs ACEs when we are younger Mm -hmm. then we have more there are more chances that we are going to have issues with addiction um issues with um uh with problems at you know problems at school problems at there's there's a there's a whole there's a whole Mm -hmm. raft of of things that can happen if if we've experienced AC ACEs and then we have not dealt with that you know whether that's through therapy or you know through some similar talking their talking modality so there is also the attachment theory so if we have not been given the 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 love and approval mm. that we needed when we were younger because our parents or caregivers were unable to give that to us for some reason then we will be consistently looking for that in the most yeah. unhealthy of way- ways as we grow older until we're able to spot that pattern and mm-hmm. do what we need to do to to release that and to let that go so from uh writing for when I was researching the book um there is a lot of people who reached out to me about um, about unhealthy relationships with their mom or their dad, mm. Mm. and that that can look and feel in many different ways. Mm. But when we don't have the the steady presence, the love and support that we are that we need when we're younger, mm-hmm. then it does lead to 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 feeling that we are not enough and we have to find that in other ways as we as we get older Mm -hmm. and because in reading a little bit of your book prior to this interview one of the first things that you go into is the mother wound Mm. and is you know the the history of relationships between mother and daughter and how that can affect us in our in our adult life and um, help us turn to things like people pleasing. But as you said, it's also not the mother; it's also the father. It, mm. It's um, those those primary caregivers, mm. and it's it's fascinating because I find sometimes when you have this awareness it's really easy then to blame like I definitely along my own personal growth journey as I started to learn about myself and reflect back on my younger years I definitely went into this victim mode of like hating on my parents and so I just want to share that now that that doesn't have to be what this is it's it's a sense of awareness and you get to choose what you do with it. You know, you can be empowered by it or you can choose to be a victim with it. And I'm so glad that we're talking about this because um, when I was a teenager, I was an absolute brat, right? Like I put my parents through a really tough time. And um, that was in my, when I was 18, I then found personal development, started working on myself, all that good stuff. I now have a really good relationship with my family. And I was talking with my mom the other week um, and I 
I felt safe enough to share something with her. I said, mom, I just want to chat with you because when I was younger, sometimes um, if you weren't happy or if you'd had a bad day at work, we would try to do anything we could to make you happy. Mm-hmm. And I, I now know that that was never going to work and that that's not healthy and that that's essentially people pleasing and blah, blah, blah. But not everybody knows this. So just be aware that some people, if one person's not happy or if one person's had a bad day, some people will do anything and everything they can to try and make you happy. And it's just not going, it's not healthy for you to try and fawn on them or, you know, for you to try and do, give that to them or do everything you can kind of like, reject yourself in a way in order to help that other person and in my own relationship sometimes I see um you know maybe my partner's tired or he's had a rough day or something and deep inside of me there is this calling of like go save him go help him go cook dinner for him go do this for him like all of the acts of service things and I have to catch myself and be like girl chill out like he just needs a minute (laughs) it's all good you don't have to run you don't have to prove yourself in this moment because it's actually not even about you oh yeah that's it and 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 understanding that it's not about you is is so is so huge and there's so much about what you said that's so so beautifully expressed and and so absolutely we're not we're not blaming Mm. anyone for this it's about that awareness Mm -hmm. it's so key and I think there is almost a process that you go through where you do start to blame when you start (laughs) on this journey because it's like oh my god now I understand it's this this is why this is why this happened but then as you go deeper and the the exploration that I share with with readers in my book is like actually this awareness just allows you to understand your origin story but then that can shine a light on understanding the other people's origin stories as well and like Mm. you don't you don't have to forgive other people if you don't want to you don't have to like make excuses for them but you do have to let like put down that blame in order to move forward and also a lot of the time especially if it's to do with our our mother our mother may well have been a people pleaser we may have learned it from them or as you pointed out it might be something that you've learned as a way to try and like appease that that Mm. important that important parental figure in your life and actually Mm -hmm. you know what I and I do with my kids when I have a bad day when I when I'm grumpy with them when when I might get upset over something I'll then have a conversation with them afterwards where I say, I want you to know that I'm a human with a full range of, of emotions. However, like mm-hmm. exactly. However, this situation is, is not about you. It's about mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And this identifies to me that I need to do something different. Like I need to rest or mm-hmm. I need to go and take five minutes to, to sit with a cup of tea. Well, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's like, showing and demonstrating and modeling to to other people in our lives that we we that we're not expecting them to to be responsible for our emotional well-being Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um 
and just we we park neurodivergency I think that's like a whole other conversation to be having but there there is also some research out there and hopefully more will come out to Mm -hmm. show like the way our brains work and actually that when we have a neurodivergency that we actually there is that that need to placate other people um, there is there's a lot there so there you know we can we can start to learn a lot more now about the way our brains work um, and about the way we've been culturally um, trained as well mm. to, to, mm. To, to, for, for, for women I think there is definitely a lot of expectation to, mm. to put other people's needs before our own which is I really love. heavy. Yeah, I love that you opened the book talking about like Disney and the world of of movies that we watch when we're kids. And when you rewatch them back as adults, the themes that they all have is like, I'm weak, I'm helpless, come save me. And like, yeah, we can be like that if we want to, but we don't have to be, mm. you know, we, we have everything available to us. We get to choose. And it does, you know, it, there is a lot there is a lot of things that concern me about the way our society is about women and girls. However, I do see some positives and things like the film, the Disney films now. Mm. Some of the films I've watched recently with my kids, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> there are strong um, female role models. We're not just seeing the same heteronormative mm. uh you know stories playing out there is slowly slowly some changes coming coming through for the the next you know for those generations coming up to watch things that hopefully don't just always make the women out to be the long-suffering victim Mm. Mm -hmm. absolutely we talk a lot about career and career confidence on this podcast. So I'd love to just touch on the ideas around people pleasing in the workplace, how you could identify it and some ways in which we could overcome it because no one wants to be a people pleaser, let alone in the workplace. We've got our own work to do. I'm not taking on all yours too. (laughs) Well, there you go. So that in itself is a huge indicator. So if you are looking to understand if you're people pleasing in the workplace, then then you're going to look at how much work are you taking on that isn't your work to take on. Mm-hmm. So I always say to folks to look at how much are you taking on that invisible labor at work? Mm-hmm. How much are you being asked to um, to do all the busy work? Like, are you always the one that organizes the collections for people's birthdays? Are you the one that does the extra washing up at the kitchen that because nobody else has done it? Um, are you the one who people will sort of turn around and say, "Well, can you do it?" and I would say if you're if you're saying yes when you should be saying no and you can feel that in your body mm. then that's a really good sign that you are people pleasing. I was literally just talking to a client about this yesterday. 
<laughs> you know, it was it was almost the maybe the busy badge of honor. And then I questioned it and I was like, yeah, but how do you feel internally? Like, do you feel like that's a fuck yes? Or is that an, a little, it, it's a niggling no, you know, but you're just going to say yes anyway. Mm. And it was like, hmm. That's something really good mm -hmm. to be aware of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and the work work the workplace is such an interesting is such an interesting environment to examine people pleasing because it's not it's not your I don't I don't know the right phrase here that I'm looking for, but like there is always an element at work of you have to you have to perform in a certain way don't you for your for mm. your job I mean mm. like you can be authentic but you also have to meet your targets and you yes. have to get on expectations expectations exactly you're going to be you're going to be working with people that perhaps you would never normally spend time with True. like a huge blend of personalities and opinions of mm -hmm. people that perhaps have very different opinions to you mm -hmm. um so there's always that that line of you know, I'm I'm not necessarily loving that this person's my co-worker, but I have to work with them, right? Mm -hmm. So I think though, when it comes down to what you were saying about is it like a hell yes? I, mm. I my my question to anybody listening to this would be like, do you feel that you are being held back in your potential at in your career because you're people pleasing if you are then you've got to do something about it now mm, okay. it's a different you know you can you can be the person you can you can keep the peace at work you can cooperate you can you can be a team player but if you are not progressing and you're not feeling good in your mm. role because you are saying yes way more times than you should be saying when you should be saying no then mm. that's that's definitely a sign and ultimately at the end of the day you know other people are other people's opinions are that there are other people they're their opinions but you have to live with your opinion of yourself forever mm. so mm -hmm. you need to make sure that you are happy with how you are showing up at work and mm. how you are how you are you in alignment with your values at work are you in alignment with um with your integrity at work mm -hmm. if you're not you need something needs to shift mm -hmm. okay so my next question was how do you overcome it so I feel like what you've just said is like do a little self-assessment your values see if you're alignment and then let's say okay all of those come back no we're, we're not happy values are not in alignment I am people pleasing to the max mm. what are some steps that we can take to overcome it or to okay. heal from being a people pleaser yeah absolutely so I I have like a full exploration in the book which mm. is which is really useful and it absolutely does take like it takes energy and time to to focus and, and to move through this however there are some really simple things that you could just start doing mm -hmm. for example you need to carve out essential me time maintenance so that is for me I feel like that is more it's more 
it's more it, it resonates more than self-care essential me time maintenance is the things that you have to be doing to be looking after yourself to be feeling mm-hmm. great to be mm-hmm. fully fully functioning so 10 minutes a day that you carve out to actually listen to yourself mm. to actually understand what what do I need what what am I feeling what what is going on for me right now because when you wear that busy badge of honor mm. you just like I'm busy I'm needed I'm important I'm busy mm-hmm. I'm needed mm-hmm. I'm important mm-hmm. and actually you're, you're so busy being busy that you aren't you aren't listening to that voice inside you that's saying hold on mm. I don't I don't feel right about this like something in me does not feel good about this relationship something in me does not feel good about the way I'm being treated at work um so it doesn't have to be meditation meditation works for some people it can be Mm. anything that just gives you that time to be able to get to get in touch with how Mm -hmm. you are feeling um what's going on for you so that's that is super important Mm -hmm. um the other things that you can do is just pick an easy win so don't go for like something super complex it's gonna involve a lot of you know a lot of upheaval mm-hmm. pick like one situation one ex- one scenario at work mm-hmm. that would be that would be really easy f- or easy-ish for you to say <laughs> actually yeah exactly it's baby step actually no I I I can't be on this committee I have too many other commitments that's right? a perfect example for me <laughs> it really is because we love and especially like when we love to help and we love to contribute and we want to you know there, there's often it's often can come from a desire to 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 be helpful mm. but if it is crossing over and you know it's blurring your work-life balance it's it's meaning you're getting passed over from for promotions because your boss doesn't see you as the way you want to be seen in your role then that's that's it's such a it's such a wake-up call and Mm. it's just like and practice and I say this to my clients all the time I'm just like just practice saying no I can't do that like if you want to have a reason for it, if you feel like you need a reason, then practice that reason, say it. But, you know, it for a lot of us, if we people pleased chronically throughout our lives, no is not a word that we were taught was okay to say when we were younger. There was always mm. that expectation that you say yes, you you put other people's needs before your own, you play nice, you share your toys, Um <laughs> all of that you know and and now we're in a place where we can say okay do you know what I'm I can be a really kind supportive person who who prioritizes the way they the way they want to show up in life and the way they want to feel because Mm -hmm. it's it's an absolute cliche but if you and you'll know it yourself you'll know you'll know this when you are doing all the things that make you feel good when you are taking time for yourself where you are you know surrounded by the people that you love and that just that comes out of you 
right mm. and and this is what I see coming happening time and time again is actually people who thought they're people pleasing and it's it's really you know because they don't want to be selfish and actually when they switch that around and they prioritize themselves they've got way more to give and mm. their relationships are way better the people in their lives mm-hmm. they benefit from it way more mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it is a permission piece like you know it when you work when you work with people when you when you spend time with people and you see them prioritizing themselves it you're like whoa this this is great I want to do this you know I want to do more of that Mm -hmm. yeah I had a client recently who was she's very full at the moment quite stressed and she's managing it so well she's doing incredible and then I said to her I was like when was the last time you did something for you and she's like oh got my nails done but I always do that like that's a work thing to look tidy you know and I was like okay cool when was the last time you did something for you and she's like "Mm, maybe two months ago and I was like no 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 what can we do this week for you and she said you know what I just really like a bath (laughs) and I was like girl it is your homework for the next two weeks between sessions to give yourself a bath (laughs) Oh, I love that. And I think that's, I think that's like so important that you get that permission, Mm. but that you also start to give that permission to yourself because it's, it changes so much when you Mm -hmm. are like, oh, do you know what? I've done X, Y, you know, you've got this massive to-do list and you get to the end of your day and you're like, but which what thing have I done on here for myself? Mm. And I mean, I'm, I'm a single parent with two, mm-hmm. with two kids and life is relentless at times. Mm-hmm. But when I get time, when my kids are not, are not in this house, they're not in my mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. and I've got you and I've got things to do. The first thing that I do is something that's going to make me feel good. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. And, um, you know I think also there's a lot we can do around reducing our to-do lists as well but you know that's that's you know <laughs> that's another podcast that's episode. another we'll podcast. Bring you back. <laughs> that's another podcast but I do I do think that it, it it shouldn't it shouldn't be that we have to give ourselves permission but mm. we do we absolutely mm. do and I think the other thing is is that if we're waiting for I think the I think having a coach is super amazing because mm. you're co- you know as you do you, we see things you don't see and then you're mm-hmm. saying go have your ba-, like and it's your homework and you come mm. back in two weeks and you tell me you've had a bath <laughs> every day and then you know that's brilliant mm. and then we also have to get into that place where it's like it's okay for me to do this for mm-hmm. myself and it's mm-hmm. safe it's safe for me to 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 know what I need and to and to give myself what I need as well. Definitely. I think another layer as well, and and I've found myself saying this to a few people lately, if it's not in your calendar, if it's not blocked out as a priority, someone else will block out that time as a priority. You know, so if you don't at the start of every week block out your you time or your, um, what did you call it for yourself, your maintenance time? 
essential me time maintenance okay if you don't block out your essential me time maintenance it's just not going to happen and I realized this with myself this week particularly around um, doing podcast recordings because a lot of them like yourself are international guests I am doing them quite early in the morning which is usually my me time and so I was like Janelle like this is something to be aware of you know either you've got to get up earlier or maybe just try and pivot something that we're doing here you know to to still be able to get that me time in or do the me time a little bit later kind of thing but um yeah that that was something that I had to kind of pull myself up for is like hey this is this is not quite right so let's do something about that (laughs) and that's brilliant and I think actually like having that level of accountability is really important so having whether that's to yourself and with somebody or with somebody else it's like Mm. being able to say well do you know what I can I can flex things so that I can adapt and that's really important but I don't want to lose sight of how important this is to me Mm -hmm. um and I think the thing is once you've started down the path of letting go of people pleasing and putting yourself first I think you start to feel the difference so when you don't do it there's a disconnect and you want to get back to it as quickly as possible because it feels great when you are putting your needs when you're prioritizing your own Mm -hmm. needs where you are like we are looking after yourself you just have so Mm -hmm. much more to give and you can and you can deal with what comes up in a much more responsive and like connected way as well I think you can say the same for the journey of letting go of being a people pleaser and the flip side where when you finally start saying no when you finally start setting boundaries and taking time for yourself and knowing what's in alignment versus what's not in alignment and staying true to that you are going to feel so triggered and you inside yourself are going to feel like oh my gosh they're going to hate me I'm going to get fired like all of these things are going to go through your mind because For instance, you may have had the whole life of being conditioned this way, being conditioned as a people pleaser. And now we're having that awareness. We're committing to changing. Your internal dialogue is going to be insane. And you are just going to want to run to do the people pleasing, to do the saving. Just like what I said, I still naturally internally want to do anytime my partner has a bad day. And I just have to talk to myself and be like, hey, girlfriend, we don't do that anymore. He's all good. You're all good. Let's Mm -hmm. go. It's fine. Yeah, I mean that that is it, isn't it? It's it's when you're letting go of people pleasing and you're on that journey, the truth is there may be relationships that don't survive. Totally. I've been there for sure. Mm. Lots of boyfriends. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the chances are if you're letting go of a codependent relationship, there's codependency on both sides and you know if you are if you're now in a place you're moving towards a place where you're like actually this doesn't feel good for me so I'm going to stop doing this Mm -hmm. that might that might really piss the other person off they might not like that if you if you spent your life doing everything for other people there will be some pushback when you're not doing that anymore Mm -hmm. absolutely and And that's part of the journey 
part of it and absolutely you're going to feel like that oh my god this person's pulling away from me I need to do everything I can Mm -mm -mm. to get them back and actually that in itself is a massive sign that okay if I feel like that then there's something something's not right in this relationship so I'm just going to stand my ground that's where if you've you know if you've got if you've got someone who you can be accountable with to Mm -hmm. share that really helps um Mm -hmm. and just absolutely just understand that it 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 will feel it will feel hard because you're you're doing something that is new and you're creating Mm -hmm. that new synapse in your brain and it takes time for that to, to to become the new the new normal but it will it it will become the new normal and slowly you'll get to a point where you really like you really appreciate yourself Mm -hmm. and it's a beautiful place to be in for sure definitely absolutely (laughs) yeah Thank you so much for being on the show today. I feel like I could talk to you forever. However, I do have another call in a few minutes. So (laughs) we're going to wrap up today's podcast. Check out the link in the description below. Uh, Cara has been so kind to share with us a a pre-chapter of her book. So you can go have a read of that, get a feel for it, and then go and purchase yourself a copy of the book so you can learn all of the tools um, and all of the ways in which you can overcome being a people pleaser if that is something that throughout this episode you have realized and identified that you are and you really want some help to uh, improve it to work on it and to no longer feel like a people pleaser start making yourself a priority thank you Cara oh thank you so much I've loved I've loved this thank you for inviting me on it's been it's been a pleasure